The Sun Devils dropped a game against the Eastern Michigan Eagles in absolutely stunning fashion. And the amount of fallout that has happened since then is astronomical. There is so much to talk about, but we got to start off by breaking this game down on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Richie Bradshaw, host of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, which includes YouTube. If you want to check us out, individual platform, wherever you get your podcast, though, like and subscribe, turn on those notifications and make sure you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday, the best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. You guys definitely want to make sure that you are staying in touch with everything that's going on by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and following the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now, in case you guys have been sleeping under a rock, let me just throw this out for you real quick. Herm Edwards was officially fired as the Arizona State Sun Devils head coach. This definitely felt like a move that was going to eventually happen. I don't know that anyone anticipated it was going to happen in week three. Now, following the loss, which we're going to spend the majority of this episode talking about, it, it's not as surprising because this this was a bad loss. Call a spade a spade, right? This it and it, it I just have so many feelings and emotions about this game. Like I said, I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Herm. Uh, if you if you guys are looking for my initial reactions on Herm Edwards, Herm Edwards, uh, you need to check out yesterday's uh, like. Uh, what what I call it, uh, emergency podcast that I broke down my initial feelings. And, and not to worry, the rest of the week is going to be heavily focused on Herm Edwards. I'm going to have uh, Locked On Pac-12 host uh, Spencer McLaughlin on for Tuesday's episode. Yeah, it should be Tuesday's episode, might be Wednesday's, to talk about uh, his reaction to the news and just kind of how it affects the Pac-12 as a whole. But like I said, I don't, I don't want to spend too, too much time on Herm Edwards right now. Right now, I want to focus on this game that Arizona State dropped. And I mean, just what a friggin' bummer of a game this was. Arizona State allows Eastern Michigan to come into their own backyard and they lose in embarrassing fashion, too. 30 to 21 being your final score. It, it was 24 14 at halftime, and the game fell over after the first quarter when it was 10 0. Arizona State could not stop a nosebleed this team got absolutely trounced they gave up 458 total yards 305 on the ground guys six yards per attempt for their team their running back samson evans looked like the second coming of adrian peterson he had never had a hundred yard game in his entire college career prior to this. He goes on to rush for 258 yards and a touchdown against us. Tallied on over seven yards a carry. He had 36 carries. Put up 258 yards. And you somehow only let him score once. So props to you, I guess. If you're into moral victories, right? Which everyone knows I am not a moral victory person. 
this was as frustrating a loss as there gets. This this offense was putrid. The defense especially was just bad. That's where I want to start, is talking about the defense. Uh, one of the things that I had highlighted going into this week, uh, I, I said there needed to be three things in order to win. I said you needed to get into the sack column, you needed to lean on Kyle Sully, and you needed to maintain your swagger. Well, the good news is Kyle Sully continues to be absolutely outstanding. He had 18 tackles in this game. He's currently on pace for 156 on the year. He's got 39 tackles in three games this year. Kyle Sully has been a stud. He is probably the most consistent and reliable player on this defense right now. And it, it's it's a darn shame because it doesn't feel like anyone is able to step up the way that he has. So uh, ASU did finally get in the sack in the sack category. They got two. Uh, Merlin Robertson and Anthony Cooper. Cooper getting the first sack of the year for the Sun Devils. I said they were going to get four. They got halfway there. It, it didn't even matter. Like th- those sacks did not even matter. ASU, man, how many times did they punt? They punted like once. Yeah. They held Eastern Michigan to one punt. I think it came in the fourth quarter. The defense could not get a stop. They had an interception pretty early on in the game. I want to say it was towards the end of the first quarter. Uh, uh, Keon Markham, or no, uh, Kawan, excuse me, Kawan Markham, uh, the older brother, ended up grabbing his first interception of the season. And it was it was a timely one. Like Arizona State needed that kind of momentum swing. Unfortunately, Arizona State did not get anything out of that turnover. Absolutely nothing. They didn't get any points. So frustrating. But regardless, there, there's no excuses for this defense. They played bad. They played bad, bad, bad football. There's there's just absolutely no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The the thing that blows my mind is where did this defense go from the first two weeks? Like, I understand it's NAU, but you held them to three points, and that came off a short field from a turnover. You really did a great job against Oklahoma State to hold them to 34 points when you easily could have been in the 50s, easily with how talented that offense is and how much your own offense left you out to dry. They still held them, and they kept Arizona State in that game as much as they could. Props. Where did it go? It was completely absent from this game. Unrecognizable. I had no idea who I was watching on this field. It just it didn't feel like the same guys. The, the swagger I talked about wasn't there. These guys were questioning themselves. And it just, ugh, so damn frustrating. Excuse, excuse my language, but so, so, so frustrating. There, there's just so many things that need to be done better, but it, it, is, it especially comes up front. I mean, they just got absolutely manhandled in the trenches. You don't, you don't allow 305 yards on the ground without doing that. Another really frustrating thing, and this is something that we couldn't stop last year. And apparently it's going to continue into this year. The second string quarterback coming in as like the runner worked again, the same way that Oregon state absolutely crushed you with it last year with Jack Coletto. Uh, Austin Smith came in and just absolutely dominated you. Carried the ball eight times for 55 yards. Yikes. For what it's worth, he also threw 60 yards and a touchdown. The only passing touchdown of the game for the Eastern Michigan University Eagles. 
uh, yeah, it just, you let Austin Smith pretty much do whatever he wanted against you. He ran the ball well, and he was able to move the ball through the air. Uh, Tanner Powell, I or Taylor Powell, excuse me, you had a good game plan against him. You know, I came into this game and said that uh, you should be able to tee off against him pretty well because he's been pretty turnover prone for the majority of the year. And I wasn't wrong, but unfortunately it just, it didn't even matter. Like Arizona state just completely wet the bed in this game. Like I said, no ifs, ands or buts about it. Uh, the, the defense just completely let you down there. There was little to no resistance that was provided at any point in this game. When you don't get your first punt until pretty much near the end of the game, that is anything but ideal. I look at the rest of what was going on with this team and there's just, there, there's so few things to actually appreciate about what went right compared to what went wrong for this team. Like it's disappointing, I guess is the best way to kind of word it. Uh, let's go ahead and hop into our first break here real quick. When we get back, uh, we're going to go ahead and pick it up on the offensive side of the football. But first I want to talk about our friends over at Ben online. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and information this off or not off season, this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including every game every single week. BetOnline has your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now at Bet Online, where the game starts. Remember, as you guys fully know by now, this podcast is free and available on all platforms. Taking a look at the offensive side of the ball now for Arizona State. This is this was ugly. This is just really, really bad. You could not get going against a defense that was just being run over by everyone they played. They gave up 34 points to Eastern Kentucky. They gave up 49 points to Louisiana. And yet they play a power five team in Arizona State. And they only give up 21. How is it the best performance they have should have been against a team that should have at least doubled that 21 points, at least. No excuses anywhere. The The whole plan that the offense came out with just seemed totally flat. Uh, Emory Jones continues to be subpar as a passer, I guess, is the way you could describe him. I still firmly stand by. I just I don't think any of what he's receiving is very fair. And uh, one of the things we talked about, I actually did a uh, YouTube live, which for what it's worth, I'm going to start doing those probably once a week with you guys. It was a lot of fun. One of the things that was brought up was Emory Jones and, you know, whether or not this offense was for him. And I, I just, I got to say now the same way I said on the podcast, like he feels pigeonholed. It does not feel like this offense is going to be tailored to his strengths, which is a shame because he can be a very, very good football player if they ever want to just take the restraints off of him and let him do his thing. But they're forcing him to hang in the pocket. They're not allowing him to explore his ability to 
make stuff happen with his legs and it the results haven't been great i mean emory jones has been pretty solid for the most part he hasn't thrown an interception on the year but i mean in the meantime he's completing right at 60 percent of his passes uh, excuse my dog apparently she's very excited for no reason at all um completing right at 60 percent of his passes a little over 500 passing yards only two touchdowns and again like sure he doesn't have any interceptions but it's not like he's really killing it in the passing department even rushing he's only got 31 yards on 18 carries keep in mind four of those are sacks but he's got two touchdowns or three touchdowns he has three touchdowns on the ground you see the ability with Emory Jones and the offense just isn't letting him let loose. And then X validate. Goodness gracious. I mean, we need to seriously start a dialogue about him potentially being a Doke Walker award kind of player right now. He is playing out of his mind well over 300 rushing yards in his first three games with Arizona state hundred yards in all three games, at least one touchdown in all three games. He's got four on the year. 7.7 yards per carry on the season, I believe. It's like right there. It might be like 7.5. And then he caught his first three passes of the year on Saturday night and turned into 26 yards. I mean, you can't ask for much more out of your starting running back than what X Validate is giving you. And he looks so good. He looks so good. Better than advertised, I would say. But yet it doesn't matter because Arizona State's offense is not capitalizing off of what Emory Jones is able or uh, well, we'll get to Emory uh, off of what X validate is able to give you. Like he's, he is truly a bell cow for you. And Arizona state hasn't been shy of giving him the football either. I mean, to this point on the year, he has, what's that end up being uh, 52 carries. Like it's not that they aren't using him. They are absolutely using validate and it's working. And it, it, it could not be a bigger boon for the offense to be using validate the way that they are but it just doesn't matter when they're not trying to build the rest of the offense around him. And to Emery's point, like I, I feel very similar about his ability to run. Like the fact that you have not capitalized on Emery Jones's rushing ability is mind boggling to me. Honestly, it feels, it feels, um, um, Oh my God, what's the word? Like in, inappropriate. It feels inexcusable. It feels irresponsible. That's the word I'm looking for feels irresponsible to not be using your quarterback at his absolute best capabilities. I don't know. Uh, in the passing game, Elijah Badger, that dude's a stud. Like, that is that is your number one receiver right now. Uh, went into the game leading you in receptions and yards and uh, touchdowns, for what it's worth. Uh, leaves the game still leading you in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. He put up. Uh, seven receptions for 88 receiving yards, which is going to place him at 17 catches for 218 receiving yards, I think is what that is, and a touchdown. And a really healthy, like, 12.6, 12.7 yards per reception. Eliza Badger is a stud. And he's been as good as advertised. I know there was a lot of hype about him during training camp and spring practice and everything, and he's living up to it. The rest of the team needs to step up. I mean, Brian Thompson continues to be a disappointment. He still only has one catch on the year and it came in week one. Uh, my guy, Cam Johnson, uh, I don't, I don't fault him at all. He's just in a situation where it's hard for him to get onto the field because Elijah Badger is playing in that, in that role that 
Cam Johnson normally would play in for you. So it, it's hard to fault Cam Johnson for not being able to get on the field. Andre Johnson continues to be an enigma, man. Like he only caught four passes for uh, 29 yards last week, but he did turn it into a touch, one of those catches into a touchdown. And he still showed some really solid ability. Like I'm happy with Andre Johnson when he's on and I'm frustrated when he's off. And the worst part is it's so fluctuating. Like he's, he's either dialed in or he's completely out of the game plan. And I don't even know if I'm putting it entirely on Andre Johnson, truly like based off of the way that this offense has been running. I don't know if there's a single guy on this offense. And I'm like, yeah, you're the reason. No, like, I'm, I'm not going to blame any of the receivers. I'm not going to blame the quarterback. I'm not going to blame the running back. I could certainly blame the offensive line. And, uh, you know, once again, have a certain lineman sitting there looking through my tweets. So, hey, man, I told you to prove me wrong. And uh, that was not the case. So here's uh, here's another week's worth of encouragement. Please prove me wrong. Like, I... I'm not rooting against you, man. I promise, but you got to get better. And it's not just this player in particular. The whole offensive line needs to do better. Ladarius Henderson can only do so much for this offensive line. They they have to step up. And I mean, sure, Emory Jones has only been sacked four times this year, but that's that's just not giving enough enough like of a of a perception of how poor this offensive line has been playing they got to do better again as i have said many times call a spade a spade offensive line is not good offensive play calling is not good one more break when we get back we're going to give my final overall thoughts on everything that's going on with the arizona state sun devils this of course being the locked on sun devils podcast all right guys make sure that you are tuned in to the Uh, Locked on Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin. Get all your Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less and stay in touch with everything going on in the Conference of Champions. I'm also on there all the time. I was on there recently, as as recently as yesterday, Sunday, to talk about the Herm Edwards firing. You guys need to check that out if you haven't yet. It's a quick 10-minute little listen. Uh, I'm going to be back on either Tuesday or Wednesday as well to be talking about Herm Edwards. I mean, if if you guys are looking for Herm Edwards conversation, you, you got you to gotta hang out with me. I'm going to be talking about this a lot. There, there's a lot to digest here. And Spencer's going to be right there with me. So make sure that you guys are subscribed to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast as well as the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Make it your second listen of the day after you make Locked On Sun Devils your first listen of the day. Closing thoughts here. Um, this, this was a wake-up game for Arizona State. This this is one of those games where you need to come to an understanding of your true expectations and your true, like, realistic outcomes for the remainder of the year. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. There are very few games that I am picking Arizona State to win in for the remainder of the year. They certainly are about to go on a huge, huge losing streak because your next upcoming three games – are in the Pac-12, of course, which we knew, but it's now three ranked opponents. You got number 13, Utah, coming to Tempe this Saturday. You have to go to L.A. to play number 7, USC, and then you're coming back to Tempe with number 18, Washington. All three of them heavy league quarterbacks. Cameron Rising is just outstanding for Utah. Caleb Williams is a Heisman Trophy candidate right now for USC, 
and Michael Penix Jr., goodness gracious, start a dialogue about how good he is. Ten touchdowns, one interception on the year, diced up Michigan State. Michael Penix Jr. is very, very good. That's three straight losses, which would give you five losses in a row. You're one and five at that point. After that, you go to Palo Alto to play Stanford. I don't know how confident I feel in that game. I, I don't necessarily look at it as like a guaranteed loss, but I'm certainly not looking at it confidently. I'll go best case scenario. Sure, you win that game. And then you go to Boulder to play Colorado. Again, best case scenario. Yeah, you you win that game. You should win that game. As bad as you are, Colorado is worse. That is one of the worst teams in college football. But you got to go on the road, and Boulder is actually a pretty tough place to play. But again, best case scenario, I will take you to win that game. UCLA comes to Tempe. That's a loss. You got to go to Pullman to play Washington State. That's a loss. Oregon State comes to Tempe. That's a loss. And then you go down to U of A. I will never, ever, 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 ever count ASU out of the uh, Territorial Cup. Goodness gracious. How do I forget Territorial Cup? Shame on me. I will never count us out in that game. But I'm not going to lie to you. U of A looks pretty good. Jaden Dolores as advertised. And yes, he's got four interceptions this year. But if you're not watching U of A football, which I don't blame you if you're not. I only do just because it's, you know, hashtag Pac-12 after dark and because I want to be in touch with what's going on in my conference. But U of A is playing with confidence right now. This this is a team that should not be taken lately. They definitely are feeling themselves and they're ready to shock the world, truly. So I'm I'm not going to discount them. And imagine a scenario where you just lose every single game going into this and you're now sitting at, one and 10 on the year. Do you think U of A would not be motivated to drop you to one and 11, the same fate that they were a year ago? Yeah, of course they would be. They want to win this territorial cup. You think they're tired of hearing 70 to seven. Do you think they're tired of losing the territorial cup? It's been five years in a row. I am not discounting U of A in this game. That being said, obviously I'm taking Arizona state. But spoiler alert, I'm going to take Arizona State in that game every single year. We can go into that game 0-11, and they could go into it 11-0. Guess what? I'm, I'm taking ASU every time, unapologetically. So in a best-case scenario here, I see three more wins for you. You're a 4-8 football team. And I got really bad news. Losing football games in college football does not get you better prospects. This is not the NFL. You are not able to tank for Will Anderson or TJ Stroud. That's not how it works. You have a lot of figuring out to do. You need to find a way to be competitive for the remainder of the year. Uh, with Herm Edwards out, Sean Aguano, the uh, running backs coach, has been promoted to the interim head coach. I'm truly hoping that maybe he's able to get more out of these guys than anyone else has been able to figure out for the team because it, it's disappointing. That It's just, it's exactly what it is. It, it's disappointing that Arizona State has gotten to this point, that we just can't maintain anything. They're, the recruiting just has not been as good as recent years. Your entire team is departing through the transfer portal. The leadership quality, and I'm not talking about the players. Definitely not the players. I'm talking about the leadership from up front and the coaches. Not the same. This, this team is a shell of its former self, and there's a lot of changes that need to be made. 
and this game was your wake up call. Hopefully that's what it ends up being. That being said, let's go ahead and close out this edition of the Locked On Sunnels podcast. So thank you guys so much for making this your first listen of the day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms. Make sure that you're checking it out wherever you get your podcast, like YouTube, if you do want to get it in that visual platform. Of course, hit like and subscribe. Turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, Monday through Friday. There's going to be a lot of content coming up, though. There were, there was uh, the the emergency podcast yesterday. I will tell you right now, there's probably going to be an extra podcast this week. This could very well be a seven-podcast week. I would anticipate it because... Right now, the schedule is so packed that I don't know if I can get mailbag in. But this is not the week to miss mailbag, so I'm I'm gonna I'm pro- probably gonna make this a seven podcast week for you guys. So, you know, make sure you're following me on Twitter so you can stay up to date on it. You can find me at Richie Brad's thirty six, and you can find the podcast as well at lo underscore Sun Devils, and stay in touch with everything going on with Arizona State, still the greatest college in the state of Arizona. So until next time, guys, keep it locked right here. Unlock on some of those.